Welcome to Explore the Word Podcast. So glad you could join in today. Uh, In this episode, we'll continue in our survey of the Old Testament and examine the books of Judges and Ruth. The book of Judges is derived from divinely appointed leaders. The two functions of these leaders, first, is to deliver the people from their oppressors as a military leader, and second, to settle disputes and maintain justice as a civil leader. Jewish tradition attributes the book to Samuel. Uh, This book gives the only account of a long period of Israel's history. It describes a a lot of horrible things, actually. Three civil wars, seven oppressions by five enemies, seven wars of liberation, a number of peaceful judges, and his his final judgeship is the unsuccessful judge Samson, and ended in a near takeover by the Philistines. So it has a has a lot of doom and gloom in it, shall we say. The state of the nation was not good. Following the death of Joshua, Israel had no national leader for over 300 years. The tribes were independent, and every man was a law unto himself. Uh, during this time, the Lord raised up judges to deliver them from invading enemies and, again, as I mentioned, maintain that civil justice. The spiritual nation is in sharp contrast to that in Joshua's day. Judges presented a continual failure, like they would come up after Israel had failed, Judges 17.6. In those days, there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. The purpose of judges is to preserve a record of Israel's character. And during this time, that she did not have a leader. Many cycles of failure, judgment, repeated from truth to apostasy, slavery, chaos, deliverance. Like, it's just a vicious cycle. The first oppressor was from Mesopotamia, and they raised up, the Lord raised up Othniel from the tribe of Judah. That's found in Judges 3, verses 7 to 11. The next oppressor was the Moabites, chapter 3, verses 12 to 30. The Lord called Ehud from the tribe of Judah to bring them freedom and liberate. Then the Philistines appeared on the scene, and they wouldn't depart for a long time. There, there are mentioned throughout the Old Testament. Uh, Shangar from the tribe of Judah was the judge called on by the Lord to bring freedom. Uh, the Canaanites were next in op- oppressing uh, the Israelites. This is the in this situation is the first woman judge, Deborah, from the tribe of Ephraim. She was uh, used by God to help bring. Uh, liberation to the people again. The Midianites came against Israel and brought the Baal worship with them. That's found in Judges chapter 6 through 8. And the Lord called up Gideon uh, and from the tribe of Manasseh to deliver them. And a great, uh, great story about how they overcame the Midianites. There's no doubt. All the stories are great, uh, but that's definitely one of my favorites. Ammonites in chapters 10 to 12 uh, afflicted Israel. The Lord called Jephthah from the tribe of Manasseh to uh, deal with them. And then the Philistines returned and oppressed Israel. Chapters 13 to 16, the Lord then called Samson from the tribe of Dan to deal with them. And sadly, he's the only judge to morally fail. Uh, the Philistines remained close 
and bring oppression again and again. They never really depart. Uh, and Samuel is used by, by the Lord to help uh, Israel defend against the Philistines. Uh, there's some unique contributions in the book of Judges. Uh, the resettlement and apostasy of Dan, chapter 17 and 18. Rather than conquer the hill country that God had given them and he would help them take, this tribe sought an easy life and uh, in the far north, and their valiant men led them. But sadly, the whole tribe turned to homemade idolatry. Uh, this tendency to idolatry continued throughout the Old Testament in the tribe of Dan until the Assyrians took them over. Interesting side note, Samson, the rest of the tribe at, at the beginning lived for their appetites. I mean, that's, that's why Dan went to an easy place. It was to fill their appetites. Uh, they employed violence to fulfill it and they failed to conquer what the Lord had given them. And Samson uh, was a mirror of that. Uh, Jephthah's vow in chapter 11, verses 29 to 40. Jephthah was an outcast. And he was called back. He was a mighty, valiant warrior. And he was called back to help bring freedom to Israel again. And after uh, you know it was all done, he had made a vow previous to the battle that he would offer the first thing that came out of uh, the door of his house to the Lord. And the first thing out of his house was his daughter. The fact that she wept for two months because of her virginity strongly implies she was not given to the Lord in sacrifice, but she was given to the Lord for service. Human sacrifice is never condoned in Scripture. Okay, the Lord that that was the actions of the heathen to give human sacrifice. The Lord is not heathen. The Lord is Lord. He's God Almighty. So no human sacrifice. I believe that she was given over to serve in the tabernacle or some fashion of that. Of that. So we see judges, and now we come to the book of Ruth. The name Ruth means friendship. This book is one of the six historical books that take the name of one of the principal figures in that book. It was one of the two books of the Bible named after a woman. Samuel is thought to be the writer of this book. The book begins with unusual circumstances of a famine in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem means the house of bread. As with Joseph in Egypt, the Lord used the famine to bring salvation and and you know get the spiritual following being faithful once again the purpose of ruth appears to be twofold the portrait of a godly courage and the love of two women of different countries at a time of uh chaos violence idolatry uh to remind second of all uh, of the david's genealogy it shows the Gentile strain in the Messiah's line coming through Rahab the Canaanite and Ruth the Moabite. So we have some unique contributions of Ruth as well. Uh, a picture of a Gentile faith in the Old Testament, chapter 1, verse 16. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people and thy God my God. Ruth's declaration of faith is classic in the Old Testament. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Certainly not the first Gentile conversion recorded in the Old Testament, uh, but it's probably the most detailed. Uh, Rahab in Joshua chapter 2 responded by faith because of the fear of the coming judgment. Ruth responded to love in Ruth chapter 1 verse 16. The Lord uses both 
love and fear, to activate faith in both the Old Testament and in the New Testament. A unique story of family trial and tragedy. There's no doubt there is a lot of that. Ruth is the only book of the Bible that focuses on the trials and difficulties of a single family, rather than the larger perspective of a tribe or the nation. It deals with a single widow in Israel who was struck by tragedy, not once, not twice, but three times, after a famine that had driven her and her family from Bethlehem. Like the book Esther, this story portrays how God works within the shadows to care for his own in the most difficult of times, and how he used those trials to sovereignly bring about the birth of David and eventually the Messiah. So Christology in Ruth as well, there are basic references to Christ in the book of Ruth, both relating to Boaz. Boaz is an inferred type of Christ as the kinsman redeemer, who's both qualified and willing to redeem his people. This is an aspect of Christ's work illustrated nowhere else in the Bible. The term redeemed is used eight times in Ruth. As the believer's kinsman redeemer, Christ becomes his redeemer to repay all debts. He avenger, he avenges, de, de, you know, defends against all adversaries. He's there to do that. A mediator to achieve reconciliation and bridegroom. For the union and fellowship, you know, he's he's there. And Boaz is noted in all genealogies of Jesus, but only in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, is Ruth mentioned. In that genealogy, Matthew purposely mentions Ruth and the three other foreign-related women. The point being made, it seems to be to impress the international background of the Messiah, who is to bring salvation to all nations. And Christ didn't come merely as a provincial savior. He came that all might be saved. That was his purpose. And it uh, just highlights that a little bit in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. Uh, of the Gentile uh, influence there. The strain that is in that line of the Messiah. So I hope that's been a help to you. And uh, as we study, survey these Old Testament books, as my desire that it will just help you understand the word better, and help you to continue to explore the word.